Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 150, Very Spooky Hometowns. Ooh, happy Halloween. It's our 27th hometowns and they're very spooky this time. That's true. It's also episode 150. Julia, congrats on getting to another round number with me. Wow. I'm so proud. I love love when we hit the 50s. Me too. I know. It's so exciting. 50, 100, 150, soon 200. I can't wait. Next I can't year, wait right? for that uh, that day, which might actually, wait for it, might fall on Halloween next year. Oh, wait. Mm. That would be extremely good. Hold on. Oh, I'm trying to no. do the math in my September head. September no, 30th. It's going backwards. Damn, Damn it. <laughs> well, we'll just have to have two Halloweens then. Halloween in September. Spooky. Oh. oh, well. But you know what, Julia? No matter what month it is, if one of our new friends or new patrons said to me, It's just, it's always Halloween for me, and I want to celebrate today. I would be like, yes, thank you. Yeah. Now, our new patrons are the the regents of the spooky times. Deborah, Malaya, Bridget, Maria, A, Kit, and Adam, welcome. You join supporting producer-level patrons Philip, Eeyore, Molly, Megan, Skyla, Samantha, Sammy, Josie, Neil, Jessica, and Phil Fresh, and our legend-level patrons. Emily, James, BM Me Up Scotty, Audra, Chris, Mark, Ayla, Cody, Mr. Folk, Sarah, and Jack Marie. You all have a place in the hierarchy of spookiness of our hearts. So good. So good. Speaking of which, Julia, we needed some serious fortifications to get through this episode. Really, folks, I know that you like to listen to the Hometown Urban Legends episode while, I don't know, walking alone on a road in Ireland or uh, driving across all of Iowa by yourself. This one may be safe for a well-lit, warm place with friends. It really is a spooky one, except for the last story, because we needed the palate cleanser at the end. Yes, yes. But Julia, tell us what we were drinking to uh, to give us some courage during this episode. Okay, I, you know, for the holiday season, I want to go for a pumpkin ale because I do actually love a pumpkin ale, despite the fact that I don't really like pumpkin flavored things. Like I'm not a pumpkin pie person, really, personally, but something about pumpkin spice in a beer that just gets me nice and toasty. So we went with two roads, Rosemary's Baby, which I think is hilarious and cute. Extremely good pun. Yeah, so it is a barrel-aged pumpkin ale. Uh, It's appropriately an homage to one of my favorite classic horror movies, Rosemary's Baby. And it really just like the barrel age gives it that kind of woodsiness to it, which feels like campfire-y in my mind. And then got those pumpkin spice in there, which is really, really nice. Yeah, I love I love a pumpkin beer that is really kind of spicy, toasty, woodsy. And this was definitely up my alley. Yes. Speaking of up your alley, Amanda, what are you what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching lately? Oh, Julia, well, I am uh, existentially, uh, let's just say rocked because I recently read Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, which has a beautiful like orange 70s vibe cover that makes me want to just display it like on my mantle and not even just put it away in my bookcase. But apart from the the looks of the thing, uh, Gia is one of my favorite online commentary writers. She is an essayist, a journalist. She worked at Gawker at the Hairpin. Um, she writes for like New York Magazine and The New Yorker now. And she's just one of those like... It's like listening to a smarter uh, and more eloquent and funnier version of my own internal monologue. Like reading her essays, it was almost like I was 
was putting to words thoughts that I had had before or sort of like remembering myself thinking this briefly and then this, you know, expands on it for like 40 pages um, as a just beautiful, well thought out, smart essay that really is changing the way I think about like myself and the Internet and culture and like being a woman. Um, So it's just there's just so much to love. So Trick Mirror, you can find a couple of the essays online for free. um, But if you're able to request it from your local library or pick it up at your local indie bookstore, it has my resounding two thumbs up Ooh, fantastic oh amanda thank you for the wreck you're welcome and i also wanted to point out we uh were just at sound education in boston and did our boston live show which thank you so much to the conspirators who came out it was so heartwarming to see you wearing our merch and having us sign your flasks and it was just so incredible to hug you and take photos with you and perform for you it was delightful i was i just i still am in awe at the response that we got from that show But even before that, we went to Sound Education, which is a conference for educational podcasters, um, and we're able to give a ton of like advice and run a workshop for people who, in some cases, were making podcasts for universities or institutions, and in other cases, wanted to start one of their own. And it reminded me that I haven't talked about the resources that Multitude makes in a while. So folks, if you are a creative person, if you are an aspiring creator, or particularly a podcaster, you got to go to multitude.productions and check out the like dozens of free resources that we publish for creative folks of all types. Yeah, it is fantastic. Amanda and Eric and Brandon and the rest of the team have really put a lot of effort into making sure that like podcast education and learning how to do things is really accessible and, you know, welcoming. And I really appreciate all of the work that they do. And I think that a lot of people could benefit from it. Well, I thank you, Julia. And some of the wonderful lessons that you put into practice on our social media, you know, folks can learn for themselves in our resources page. Thanks. Well, without further ado, we hope that you enjoy this very spooky hometowns, this midpoint of October. Spirits Podcast, episode 150. Was Surgery Watch on a live episode of this? Yes. Surgery Watch? Guess what, guys? It came for me. Oh, Jesus. Eric. Guys, okay for me. Here's what it is. It's my bad jaw. Oh, yep. Yeah. Oh, no. That's it. I luckily don't need surgery. That's good. But what I do need are adult braces. Oh, buddy. Oh, darling. No shade on people who have adult braces, but... Oof. No, friend of the show, Jarvis, who was just our guest judge on the Avengers series of Head, Heart, Gut has so braces. Good. And it was a great episode. You should all subscribe to the Multi Crew and listen to it. I haven't confirmed that I need them, but the dentist recommended I see an orthodontist and was fairly confident it will be the case. So, in one year, we everyone in this household has had some kind of medical procedure. Oh boy, proud of, proud of you guys for for getting through everything. Eric, I'm very glad you're well. I'm very sorry you had to deal with all of that. And whenever I think of the healthcare system in the U.S., I also get deeply terrified, uh, which is maybe the right energy to bring to this most spooky Your Urban Legends Halloween October edition. I'm very excited to get uh, creeped out and hopefully creep the two of you out. Oh, me too. And all of our I'm excited. Cannot wait. I know. For all of you who listen to Urban Legends episodes uh, when you're alone or walking through a forest or a moor or uh, a windswept plain, you know, just think twice about this one. Mm. Can I go first? Yeah. I'm very excited. Okay. This is what I live for, guys, is trying to scare the shit out of both of you. We don't have our cameras on today, so I can't see your faces as I scare you, which is upsetting, but I will I will live. 
<laughs> That's because we've become ghosts. Oh, no. no. Ghosts in the machine. Oh, no. Maybe. No. We've become vamp. This is a better joke. This is a better joke. We're going to retake. Okay, We're going to okay, retake. Go. <laughs> because I'm a vampire and you can't see me in the web camera. Oh. oh. All right. So this one I feel like is going to, to really resonate with you, Eric. Uh, and the subject Great. of the email is growing up in a haunted house. Because as we discovered, okay. you almost definitely grew up in a haunted house. There were some sleepwalking incidents. That stopped when you moved out of the house. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so this is from Betty. And so she writes, So my dad is super skilled at woodworking, construction, and basically anything mechanical that he can do with his hands. So when my brother was a baby, he bought this old rundown house that had been a drug den. The door had been kicked in by the FBI, I think, when they raided the house, and then it was foreclosed. It was in extreme disrepair, and my dad rebuilt it from the ground up. I've seen a lot of pictures from before he rebuilt it, and it was pretty rough. One picture in particular stood out to me as it is where my room is now. The room was basically bare, except it had bright orange paint from the floor onto the ceiling in weird swirling patterns. My dad said that people probably got their hands on a bucket of paint while they were high. I think they were summoning demons, but who's to say? Terrifying. The spooky stuff started happening right away. I don't remember it because I was either not born or a baby, but my parents have told the story several times. When my brother was about two, he said that he saw an old man who had shoes like the guy from Lady and the Tramp, like old loafers, walking around upstairs. He also said he saw a goat in his bedroom window, which was on the second floor. What? Yeah, that's like uh, Beelzebub. Yeah. Well, oh, baby, right? I hate that. That. That's a that's one of the guys that is a goat. The uh, the next line is my mom says it's because the beloved family goat Cindy, of whom he was very fond of, had passed away. But we all know the goat was a form of the devil. So you tell me. There you go. Conspirators are on the same page. I do love that there was a beloved family goat in this story. So cute. It's very good. My parents said that weird things would happen in the house, like the lights turning on and off by themselves, etc. The day I was baptized, my parents invited friends and family over for dinner to celebrate. While everyone was there, several things happened. The kitchen faucet started running by itself, and then the radio turned on by itself to full blast. No one was near either of them. A little later, my mom took me up to my room to change me, and when she was doing so, my cradle started swinging violently by itself. No! It spooked my mom, but she just assumed my dad had tied some fishing line to it because he was a prankster. The amount of, like, prank-to-haunted ratio that happens in these emails is very high. And, like, I appreciate it, but also I want to know what's real and what's not. Okay, uh, thesis statement. What if all hauntings, the ghosts just think they're pranks... But instead, they scare us. Oh, mm. interesting. So just like trickster spirits, but they just scare the crap out of us. Yeah. And All like right. if you if you could control things without other people seeing you, I think your bar for what a prank is would have to rise considerably. You can just like mm. tie their shoelaces and be like, ner, ner. That's true. That's fair. I'm going to think on this hypothesis. Really, really, really puts like poltergeist in a new light. <laughs> it's just, just a bunch of just a bunch of pranks. Yeah, that that clown prank. Real not creepy at all when you think about it in that light. Anyway, when my mom asked my dad about the swinging cradle, he said he didn't know anything about it and swears that he didn't do it. 
Seeing that my mom was scared, he definitely would have owned up to it if he had. After that, my parents called a priest to come bless the house, and things stopped. For a while. When my brother was in 7th or 8th grade, he started seeing and hearing things. I don't remember everything, but I do remember him being scared. I also remember that I would randomly feel like someone was watching me, a feeling I still sometimes get when visiting my parents, because apparently they still live in that house. No. Oh, no. When my friends came over for sleepovers, there was only one room in the house that they were comfortable sleeping in, which was the sunken part of the living room that my dad added on. They didn't know about the spooky stuff until I told them later. I remember one morning when my brother was in high school, he had woken up pretty scared. He said that he had had a dream where he sequentially was burned, then drowned, and then strangled. He woke up in the middle of the strangling part and couldn't move. He swears he saw a woman floating above him with her hands around his neck. He was really shook, and I know he wasn't making it up. It certainly could have been sleep paralysis, though. I, I appreciate that Betty is, is very straightforward about this. Be like, eh, it could have been this thing. It could have been that thing. Oh, yeah. It could have been the ghost of our, uh, our beloved goat. Who's to say? Throughout the years, he would hear and see things, but I would only get these weird chills and feelings and the hairs on my arm would stand on end. But when I was home for Christmas break one year in college, something really creepy happened. I'm not ashamed to say I still sleep with stuffed animals. I like to snuggle with them. Dude, fair. I get it. I had a lot of stuffed animals at my parents' house, and there were a few that had the special privilege of residing on my bed. I have some obsessive-compulsive tendencies and had specific patterns that I would put my animals in, both when I made my bed and when I laid them out on the floor very carefully when I was reading. There were three small ones that I would hug while I was sleeping, and they would sometimes end up on the floor alongside the ones stationed at the foot of my bed. And I would always feel bad and apologize to them every morning. That is very sweet. Anyways, one morning I woke up and my stuffed animals were all lined up a couple of feet from the side of my bed facing me. No, 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 no. This is not a pattern I would ever have put them in. I just figured my brother had come in to prank me while I was sleeping. But that didn't seem right because I'm a light sleeper. I went downstairs and my brother, who slept on the living room couch that night, asked if Chubbs, our cat, had slept in my room last night. I told him that he hadn't, and then he asked if I had come downstairs at all during the night. I hadn't. He said he heard footsteps coming towards him that stopped right by his head, but he was too afraid to open his eyes because he couldn't hear any of the doors open or the stairs creak. The footsteps had started in the middle of the living room. I would have thought he was kidding, but he looked genuinely spooked, and I can pretty much always tell when my brother is lying for a prank. The worst part is, is that it was in the sunken part of the living room, which had always been the safe part of the house. My brother and I have both moved out, but as I said earlier, I still sometimes get the feeling that someone is watching me when I visit. We haven't had a priest back to bless the house again, but my mother confided in me a couple of years ago that she keeps a bottle of holy water on hand and sprinkles it around the house every now and again when my dad isn't home. Smart, smart. It's very good. I love this so much. Betty, this is an excellent story. Thank you for sending it in. Oh, shit. That's a really, especially the stuffed animals, that's such a cinematic haunting. Mm-hmm, that's very yeah, creepy. It's extremely spooky. I like I like when ghosts are just like, ah, yes, uh, dolls? Stuffed animals? Yes, this will be my mechanism of horror. That's true. I should really search in the uh, in the inbox for stuffed animals and, and see what comes up. Yes, absolutely. Julia, I really enjoyed that tale, but I think I might be able to outdo you in the spooky factor. Ooh, okay. Do it up. It's like the song, anything you can do, I can do better. Only instead we scare each other to death. I'm totally fine with that retelling of Any Get Your Gun. 
All right. So this email comes from Sam, who titled it, Warning, Super Spooky. Thank you for being upfront about the spooky levels. I appreciate it. I love this. So she starts with, This is one of the scariest paranormal experiences I have ever had. And before you ask, yes, I have had many of them. Prologue. It's a prologue, Ooh, I love that it's a prologue. So this yes. is This is going to be good. Okay. I'm so excited. In the middle of Iowa, there is a college that was started by nuns in the mid-1800s. Opened as a convent and transitioning into an all-girls school to the university it is now, where I went to college. During freshman orientation week, one of the stories the orientation leaders, TMTM, always tell <laughs> is the story of the haunted building on campus, Ward Hall, which was the first building built on the land by the nuns back in the 1800s. I like the name Ward Hall because it makes me think of warding off evil. Oh, I was thinking about yeah. children as wards, too, like Ooh. the kids that are in their mm. care. Ooh, Excellent. so much. Good so point. much. Okay. The story with this building is that there is the ghost of a nun who killed herself off the top of the building after finding out that she was pregnant. Oof. Even today, only the brave or naive will stay in the building after dark. Flash forward to the spring of 2019, my senior year. I am a newly discovered medium, and my friends and I are adamant to see just how good I am. Ooh. In the building is an old chapel where we have choir practice because the acoustics are a solid A+, which is where mm. we begin our adventure. Another one of my friends is also a much more experienced medium and met us over there. They told us that they had encountered the ghost nun in the chapel many times during various practices, but had never interacted with her since she spends most of her time in the choir loft. But they were curious if I could draw her down into the chapel itself since I was arguably more approachable than my friend was. Oops. Whoops. Now, let me describe our merry band of investigators. One, there's me, a baby medium who is a homegrown Catholic. And despite all my experiences as a child, my parents brushed them off as a vivid imagination and little girl dreams. Two, one of my best friends, Annie, who has an ability to read past lives and is desperate for a paranormal encounter. Three, my other friend, I'm just going to call them Post, hailing from Boston, the well-trained medium. Mm. Now, a fun fact about Post is that they can see the spirits, which is something I have yet to learn. Sitting in the chapel for about 45 minutes, I feel a tingle travel through my whole body. She's here, I say to them, and Post nods their head, pointing up to the choir loft. We all start asking questions, but aren't really getting anything from her, and she leaves a few minutes later. Uh-oh. I got the idea to ask my ghost son, Ben, to talk to her and maybe convince her to come down to talk to us. I have a, I have a question. Yep, same here. Go, go, Who the son fuck ben? Is ben. Who the fuck is Ben? I, I, I know, I know, ghost son Ben. I know what's up. We did this as a Patreon extra. Oh shit! Yes, this was the uh, the child ghost that really liked this uh, girl and would follow her around. I am so excited that we get to hear more about Ben. This is like we're building our like MCU of ghost stories. It's amazing, incredible. I love it. Oh yes, excellent. All right, so good old Ben brings the nun down moments later, hand in hand. They're still hesitant to join us, but she finally does. We talk to her for a little bit, but then she leaves again without really telling us anything about her. We wander around the chapel and are just kind of messing around, investigating the rooms connected to the side of the main room. By this point, I find myself in the room where the choir director keeps all of his music, and I'm just wandering among the stacks when I hear a breath. Uh -oh. It sounds like a man sighing right behind me. Nope, 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 nope. Turning around, predictably, there's no one there. So I call my friends and ask them if they were calling me. They both responded no, so I go back to perusing. The next thing I know, I am pushed back against the wall by a cloud of black fog. Oh, fuck. See, my problem here is 
going ghost hunting or, you know, trying to contact spirits, fine, great, uh, spooky as it is. Um, but when you get intercepted by one you're not expecting. Oh, yeah. A thousand times worse now. Extremely true. Extremely true. So this black flog rushes through me, pinning me to a wall and pushes me then to the floor. Barely breathing, I can feel my heart beating so fast. But when I check my Fitbit, it doesn't even register that I have a heart rate. Ah! You're dead ah! now. The Fitbit <laughs> says you're dead. Technological ghost hauntings. From my place on the floor, I am looking into a closet in this room, and I see something so terrible that I'm not even going to try to explain it here. But let's just say it was what happened to the nun. Oof. I feel tears streaming down my face, and I can't move, this vision replaying over and over in my head until Annie and Post run into the room looking for me. They pick me up off the floor and walk me back into the main chapel as I tell them what happened. This is the point we decided that we need to get answers from the nun. Oh, baby girl. All right. Calling her back downstairs, I connect with her, and I'm having a full conversation with her, but she still isn't giving me any information. So I ask her if she wants to talk privately, to which she agrees. Mm. In full anti-spirits podcast advice, I go upstairs <laughs> to the third floor and follow her to a room where I had an experience earlier that year, which she tells Sam, me was no. her room when she was alive. Oh, Oh, Sam. There's a lot going on here. In the span of half an hour, this is what I learned about her. Her name is Cecilia, honoring her mother's Polish roots. She wanted to become a sister to travel the world. She loves music and singing, which is why she always shows up during choir practices, and was 24 when she died, and was very unhappy with the haunted house that occurs in the building every October. <laughs> that's adorable. After going back downstairs, I relay all of this to Annie and Post. And that's the end for that night. Uh-oh. About a week later, we go back to hang out with Cecilia, and Post is teaching me how to put up psychic barriers that can be used as protection from spirits and other beings. It's nearing 1 a.m., but we sense that smoky presence again, and recognizing us, it starts circling the crude barrier I put up for practice, like a predator measuring up its prey. Like the raptors in Jurassic Park. We ignore it and go back to our conversation, but soon enough we hear a bang, like the sound when a bird hits a window, but it definitely mm. came from inside the chapel. That gets our attention. Yeah. Annie and I are starting to freak out, but Post says we will all be okay as long as my barrier stays up. As soon as they say this, we smell something burning, and the back of the room is turning hazy. Uh-oh. This causes Post to start showing some thinly veiled panic, to which we all <laughs> stand with a start. At least it's only thinly veiled. I know, I know. It's trying to break down the barrier, they say. The smell is intensifying and the room is getting hazier. This is the point where we decide to leave, almost bodyguard-style to each other, backs mm. to one another in a crude triangle as we leave, with it following us as far as the building steps, but no farther. Okay, well, that's good. Don't want the ghost to go home with you. Needless to say, that was the last time I've ever been in that building, in fear that the hazy thing could do some real damage to us. After this night, we did some other paranormal investigating around campus and found some other spirits that I could send in about. One is very, very heartfelt, and if you need a happy ghost story for Eric to read, I will gladly <laughs> send that one in as well. Happy Please. trails, you spooky friends. With love, Sam. Um, I I feel bad that the hazy ghost kind of ruined the friendship that was uh, that was happening between Sam and Cecilia. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate them going to hang out with her more. Yeah, and figure and and being like, hey, ghost, like I get that we're coming into your house and asking you to talk to us, like. You want to talk privately? I just thought it was really, uh, it was really sweet. Like, oh, I don't know. There were so many things I loved about this haunting. Like, I love uh, the smell. I mean, any haunting with a smell, I think, is just mm. going to to 
strike me as like so creepy and interesting um the fact that that it was trying to get down the barrier like just the way sam told the story was so cinematic and i've been thinking about it for days horrifying i love it yay i have an exciting two-part story Ooh, tell me about it this comes to us from Kay, and she writes a shape-shifting spirit follows my family. Oh, no. Hard no. <clears throat> when it shifts its shapes, it's harder to find. Yes, but still no, it follow you. It's findable enough because she knows that it's there. Oh, Somehow I love it. I love it. I'm a recent fan of your podcast and have been raving about to anyone and everyone who will listen, including but not limited to my siblings, my coworkers, and the barista at my favorite cafe. Yay! Very good. Beautiful. Very good. Once again, grab their phones, auto-download feature. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, here's the deal. Weird things have happened to me and my family my whole life. These are two stories of how a shape-shifting spirit follows my whole family and how it saved me from a car crash and saved my sister from an evil nun. Ooh, okay. So evil nun, shape-shifting spirit, helpful? Maybe. Interesting. We'll find out. I'm from the North Shore of Massachusetts, specifically a suburb just outside Boston, a very beautiful and deeply haunted city. I'm not <laughs> sure if she's saying that about Boston or where she lives, but either way, very good. Those Boston is deeply true. haunted yeah. and also beautiful. I'm the oldest of three sisters. Read into the mythological wishiness of that, <laughs> as you will. I will. And our family has deep roots in the spooky. The lore of my family. Now, my family doesn't have a lore. <laughs> and I think if you have a lore for your family, I feel like that's that's enough already. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But the lore of their family is that our ancestry on my mother's side can be traced back to the Salem witch trials. And the confirmed history of our ancestry on my father's side revealed a long line of men who were high ranking in the Freemasons and a long line of women who were deeply involved in the Order of the Eastern Star. I don't know what that is. That sounds incredible. Well, well, buckle up. (gasps) The symbol of the order is an inverted pentagram with the words fatal inscribed in the center. Sign me up right now. Give me it. Oh, my. Make me a member. My great-grandmother was a matron of the order for most of her adult life. Now, that's capital M in matron of the order. Adopt so that is a me. Title. Yes. Now, I know the occult theories involving the Masons and the order are alleged conspiracies, but I am of the opinion that if a super-secret society is housed by rumors of the occult, then something fishy is probably going down. At least that's how I explain all the weird shit that happens to me. The first incident is that of the spirit deer. When I was in high school, I was in the passenger seat of my friend's car driving home from Chili's, probably because that was the thing to do in high school, late one Friday night. As we were driving, I felt my stomach drop, and as I opened my mouth to say something to my friend, a deer jumped out of the trees and landed right in front of our car. My friend slammed on the brakes, and luckily we didn't hit it. The deer stood very still in front of us and lit up in the headlights and looked straight at me. Inherently creepy. Inherently creepy. Oh, yeah. It didn't break eye contact with me for about 10 seconds before running all the way across the road, disappearing into the yard on the other side. After we all caught our breath, nervous giggles started to fill our car, and we continued to drive. Not 15 seconds later, we were coming up on a blind curve when we saw headlights. A presumably drunk driver came speeding around the bend in the wrong lane. My friend once again slammed on the brakes and this time lay on the horn too. 
The driver luckily swerved back to their own lane and drove past us. If we had reached the curve even a few seconds earlier, we wouldn't have had any chance at spotting the oncoming car Oof. who would have crashed into us at full speed. The way the accident would have occurred, the driver would have slammed into the front passenger side where I was sitting, and I probably would have died. Oh, yikes. The weirdest part of all of this is that I had never seen a deer on that side of town before and haven't seen one there since either. Oh, boy. Thank you, deer. Good deer. I like deer. <laughs> just just silence at the statements of the deer. Now, Kay's second story, you'll all have to wait for until... We get our drink. All right, let's oh. grab a refill then. All right, let's do a quick one. Julia, we are sponsored this week by Skillshare. As you know, and all of our listeners know, Skillshare is an online learning community for creators with over 25,000 classes to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. And we talk often about the kind of business and creative lessons that we take from Skillshare, but sometimes you just are home over a three-day weekend and you really want to make some macrame plant holders. And no joke, before pulling up any of those other sites that I could search for tutorials, I was like, you know what? I bet someone on Skillshare has a beautiful, well-lit, well-thought-out class with like digestible lessons and links to help support my learning. And sure enough, there was. That's the most you thing I think I've ever heard during an ad ever. <laughs> I was extremely excited to take this course on DIY macrame plant hangers. It was extremely exciting. And now I have some beautiful plants hanging in my window. Yeah, and that's all thanks to Skillshare that you now have those plants hanging there, Amanda. What a what a cool skill you learned over the internet. And you, too, can sign up for two free months of Skillshare Premium, which allows you access to all of their classes, not just to the free ones, at Skillshare.com Spirits2. That's Skillshare.com Spirits2 for two free months of unlimited access to all of their classes. Yep. Again, that is Skillshare.com Spirits2. Amanda, it's fall. Fall is upon us right now. Sure is. And I need a new wardrobe real bad. Julia, I know this is a segue into our uh, Stitch Fix ad, but I am wearing a Stitch Fix sweatshirt right now. It's the one with these like corduroy elbow patches. Yes, and my favorite. I am obsessed. I've had it for, I think, almost two years now. And um, there's nothing I love better in the world. Yeah, so I got my Stitch Fix box right after we returned from Boston. And oh my God, my stylist crushed it. I asked specifically for him like, hey, I really would like to do a little bit more androgynous of a look this fall. Uh, and I sent them a picture of Molly Osterberg's uh, tweet of her in a green suit. And I was like, th just this vibe, please. Oh, Molly. And, so wonderful. And, oh, they just crushed it. Like two blazers, tweed pants, and a button up. And I just am completely stunned. And Stitch Fix is there to give you exactly what you are looking for. It is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing, shoes, and accessories directly to you. They have brands you love, brands you don't know yet, exclusive brands you can't find anywhere else. So all you have to do is complete your style profile, and then your expert personal stylist will send you a hand-picked picked box of items based on your style and preference. And they really do listen to what you're looking for. As my blazers could tell you right now, they're just sitting behind me ready to get hung up in my closet. So there is also no subscription required. So you can pick between automatic shipments or only getting new pieces on demand. So I specifically scheduled one for around my birthday as a little birthday treat for me. Yay. 
And then shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free, plus the $20 styling fee that they have automatically applies towards anything you keep in your box. So you keep something in your box, that $20 just goes towards that thing, which is awesome. So you can get started today at stitchfix.com spirits and get 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's stitchfix.com spirits for 25% off when you keep everything in your box. stitchfix.com spirits. And finally, Julia, I'm glad that everybody was as starstruck as I was when we interviewed Garth Nick several weeks ago. Um, I'm kind of still not recovered from it. But the reason we actually got in touch with him is because HarperCollins reached out about Angel Mage, his new novel, sponsoring the show, which is so freaking cool. And then once we did the sponsorship, I was like, hey, also, um, could maybe Garth talk to us? And they were like, great. So now I also get the pleasure of telling you about his new novel, Angel Mage, which is from Epic reads. So this is a standalone fantasy novel from Garth, who you know from, you know, Sabriel. And just like in Sabriel, my favorite part of Angel Mage, which I inhaled in like one day a couple weeks ago, um, is the world building. So there is this like angelic magic and epic quest filled world. Folks use icons in order to kind of channel that magic and like draw upon different angels for different kinds of like favors. And my favorite part is that there are there's just like casual matriarchy. Um, like there are women leaders in military and religion in government. And it's not like a thing. You know, it's just the way that the world is. Um, it, it's diverse on all counts. There are like two women having crushes on each other and being like, you know, disastrous and trying to fall in love. Um, and I just really loved that aspect of it in addition to all the very cool fantasy magic and plot elements. And I just like desperately need more books in what I hope will become a series. Yeah. So if you liked our interview with Garth, if you like fantasy books with women and power and angels and magic and fantastic world building, Angel Mage is now available wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Go to your local indie bookseller, pick up a copy. You'll you'll really like it. We promise. We promise. And when you do, show us a picture and tag us on Instagram or Twitter, and we would love to cheer on your newest purchase. That's Angel Mage from Garth Nix. And now let's get back to the show. Okay, here is our second story from Kay. The second and most creepy incident involves almost my whole family. Ooh, I like, like that, I the, said, that the creepiness is ratcheting upward. Yes, oh ratchet yeah. that oh creepiness. Like I said, I have two sisters who are both younger than me. My youngest sister is 17, and one Friday night, she was out late with her friends. I had already gone to bed, as my parents, who are very, 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 cannot emphasize this enough, heavy sleepers. Mm-hmm. Around 12.45 a.m., the time is important, my dad wakes up unprompted and hears footsteps walking down the hall Mm -hmm. and a knock on their door. He rolls over and sits up to see my sister standing in their room near the door. My dad goes, what are you doing? My sister doesn't say anything. And when my dad looks at his clock to yell at my sister for doing laundry so late, assuming she needed something from the laundry room attached to my parents' room, but when he looked back at the door, no one is there. No. He wakes up my mom in a panic asking where my sister is. He tells my mom to call my sister right now, ask her where she is and if she's okay. My sister was still out with her friends several towns over and was totally fine. It's worth noting that my dad is a scientist and logical to a fault. Mm. He doesn't believe in anything supernatural, ghostly, or higher power-esque, and he swears on his life all of the details of that night. He described her standing there, smiling a little, 
wearing a dark hoodie with white writing across the chest and athletic shorts. This is an outfit she wears often. Needless to say, we were all a little bit shaken. Yeah. I'll say. I would be. I wish to say the story ended there. No! But it doesn't. False ending! About a week later, my sister and her friend were driving around another town when they decided to drive down a well-known haunted road. Mm, Do you guys have a well-known haunted road around you? I don't have a well-known haunted road around me. We do have a well-known haunted road. Can't remember the name of it right now, but we do. Amanda and I filmed So well-known, you can't remember the name. Listen. I don't think it counts. I don't think it counts if you can't remember the name. Isn't it Old Old Hollow Road? Road? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Mill Pond Road or Old Hollow Road? Uh, oh, no, I think that's right. Actually, we, we filmed this for a project that we didn't end up uh, that didn't end up going forward. So why don't we release that video to the public when we hit our next Ooh, patron goal? That could be cool. Let's do that. Sure thing. Why don't we release this video when we hit 350 patrons? That sounds great. I love sounds that great. idea. Amazing. We, uh, I have long hair still. Julia has cute lipstick on. And we walk through a graveyard. It's wonderful. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of stuff that we do. It's great. At the end of said road was an abandoned convent. The legend of the haunting was that it previously housed a religious cult of sorts that met a bloody end Ooh. when the priest leader went on a rampage and brutally killed the nuns. Almost definitely untrue, but I do love the commitment to the bit. Yes. One such nun haunts the road. Mm-hmm. The road is long and winding with a wall of trees on both sides. There are no streetlights, so you can only see as far as your headlights reach, and the road turns from the pavement to dirt part of the way down. Ooh, nothing scarier than bad infrastructure. Ooh, my suspension. They got about halfway down the road before my sister felt that something was very wrong Mm. and turned the car around despite her friend's protests. It was 12.45 a.m. Oh, no. Creepiest hour. This is the same time that her father saw her back at the house. Shit. Yup. They never laid eyes on the convent. The following night, two of her friends made the same trek on their own and made it all the way to the end of the road. They didn't get out. I thought that was the end of it. I was like, oh shit. (laughs) They didn't get out alive. They didn't get out of the car, (laughs) but tried to see if they could spot anything in the windows. At first they saw nothing, but as they were getting ready to leave, scoffing at the ghost story, the girl driving saw something move and turned on the high beams. Nope, 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 nope. They both swore that they could make out the shape of a nun's habit in the first floor window watching them. Oh, hell no. Fully spooked, they sped away. But they texted my sister in the process. 12.45 a.m. Shit. In these instances, it seems like a spirit was looking out for us. But I've also had my fair share of warnings. Seems quite long, but I'll write in again about the time I seriously pissed off the vengeful she-ghost of Fort Warren. Oh. Anyway, hope you enjoyed. Yeah, I need that one. Give oh, me that one, please. So good. Just grabby hands. Give me more. So solid. That was wonderful. Would anyone like to hear about a haunted phone? 
Yes, I would. Okay. So the story comes from James. Uh, James is from uh, Northern England. And he writes, I had just arrived home from a day out and it was a lot later than usual when I set out to walk my dog, a lovely boy named Alfie. Since it was already late and he had had plenty of exercise earlier that day, I figured I would just go as long as he needed to get his wiggles out. I like that phrase. It's adorable. The nearest town, High Street, was only about 10 minutes away and that didn't seem quite long enough, but I didn't want to go as far as the local park, especially in the dark. I ended up turning off into the small local cemetery since I knew it had a lot of dog walkers going there and had a fair few paths to walk around. It's attached to a church but isn't currently in use for internment as it hit capacity back in the 1930s. Since the cemetery was near the road and fairly well lit, I wasn't too concerned at first. I've been in plenty of graveyards before, and although I have a fairly robust belief in spirits, I don't find graves too scary. Good for you, James. I find them very, very (laughs) creepy. After a moment, I heard what sounded like somebody screaming. I thought I was alone, but I I couldn't see every angle of the graveyard from where I was, and it sounded like the scream was coming from down a long row of graves. I'm not particularly strong or brave of a guy, but having my dog with me gave me a bit of courage and I absolutely had to go and make sure nobody was in trouble. So I headed immediately towards the source of the sound. Bad idea. You are strong and brave, but also, also maybe too brave. Too brave. I found myself at a dead end, facing a hedge and a couple of trees, but no people. There was no way that they could have gotten past me without me seeing. I was confused, but a little glad that I wasn't in for a confrontation and figured I must have just heard a noise from the nearby street. But now I had noticed a nearby tomb I hadn't seen before, which was a sort of weathered carving of a woman slumped and clinging to a gravestone. Horrifying. Bad imagery. I took my phone out to use the light from it to get a closer look, but in the dark of the graveyard, it seemed kind of creepy to have this pale stone human curled on the ground when most of the nearby graves were just straightforward gray tombstones. Especially since it sounded like I had just heard somebody screaming, and now there was this figure apparently deeply upset, albeit made of stone. As I lifted my phone towards the grave, though, my phone immediately drained its battery and shut down, which I thought was weird because the battery had been pretty healthy on the way there. But I chalked it up to a funny coincidence and headed home with my dog. Eric, your cough in the middle of that story just scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. I was just like, oh, I'm telling a scary story and then loud noise. Anyway. Now, here's the weird part. The phone never turned back on. I'd never really had any problems with it before, but it was totally broken. Chargers would connect and light up, but it wouldn't even start. Every tutorial and troubleshooting guide told me at this point there was no clear answer, and I should just send it off to see if anybody else could repair it. But unfortunately, it was out of warranty and ended up being easier to replace. I kind of want to go back to the cemetery to get a closer look at that grave in the daylight, but I really don't want to take my new phone with me just in case somehow that area really does have the power to break any electronics taken there. Extremely good. I just, I love that imagery of a woman wrapped around the tombstone. Oh God, creepy. I love it. Love is an interesting choice. of (laughs) I said it. I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary. So good. Now, Amanda, I think you are our last story for the day. I am. Take us out. Take us out with a creepy one, babe. I will. I have I have a creepy with a little touch of cool, which I think is very fitting for the end of this episode. Okay. 
So this comes from Jess, who titles this email, A Possible Murder, A Creepy Demon, and Two Friendly Giants? Hi team, while I can't promise to tell my stories with the same eloquence and finesse as some of the other listeners, I do hope you enjoy them. I recently finished binge listening to the Urban Legends episodes between catching up on all the other amazing eps while I work. FYI, I previously listened to Spirits in the Shower, but got way too creeped out by some of the spooky AF stories, so stopped this habit pretty quickly. (laughs) Love that. All the stories reminded me of two that I thought you might be interested in. The first, totally creepy and my own experience with what might have been a demon, while the second is a really cute story from my hometown that features giants. What's not to love? Okay, yes. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for a a palate cleanser at the end of this episode. (laughs) I thought you might be. Okay, this all started in my parents' old house when I was around 10 years old. We lived in a pretty normal house in a small town just outside of Bristol in the UK. It was a boring town, nothing exciting ever happened, and there was nothing creepy to worry about. I can't recall the first time it happened, but I believe it was just after my parents had built a large extension to the side of the house, featuring a garage on the ground floor and then my bedroom directly above it. We started to get random phone calls from the strange number, always Uh with either a man or a woman on the other end asking for Mr. Davies. Now, this usually wouldn't be strange, right? Mr. Davies could have been the previous owner or the caller could have gotten the wrong number, so nothing to worry about, right? Except no Mr. Davies had ever lived in this house, and the people calling were insistent that this was the correct number, so we always politely told them we didn't know who they were asking for and to please stop calling. I don't like this. This continued for a while, until one evening when I was home alone, the phone rang. Anyone else super creeped out by phones ringing when you're home alone? I always was. Yes, yes. And also, I just have so much anxiety around phone calls to begin with. The fact that these people are like angrily calling, asking for a person who doesn't live there and probably doesn't exist, even worse. It's bad. It's bad. So this evening, the phone rang, and sure enough, it was the strange number, and the woman asked for Mr. Davies. He's never lived here, I said, ready to hang up as the person on the other end never said anything except, is Mr. Davies there? This time, however, she said, why? Uh, I don't know. He's just never lived here. I think you have the wrong number, I replied. Did you kill him? She asked. What? Excuse me, I said, surprised they'd actually said more than the usual four words, and a little, I don't know, upset to be suddenly accused of murder. Fair. You killed him, didn't you? She said, this time with a menacing laugh. No, worse. Terrible. I promptly hung up the phone and hid behind the sofa until my parents got home. Smart. We later called the police to see if they could track the calls, but strangely, they said the number that was calling us... Any guesses here? Uh, No idea. Hasn't been in service in years. Didn't exist. (gasps) Even worse. Wait, like the numbers didn't exist. The number didn't exist. No one had that phone number. Ooh, Mm -hmm. bad. Hate this. They blocked the number anyway, and so the calls stopped. Okay, so maybe it did exist. I don't know. I mean... I don't, it couldn't have been private. Maybe there were not enough digits. Like, I have no idea. I have no idea. But at this point, even though there were no more calls, I started seeing a tall, shadowy figure around the house. He was well over six feet tall, and though I never saw his face, I always got a terrifying feeling of dread and horror whenever he was around. That's Mr. Davies. I could never look at him directly, and he was only ever in the original house, so never came into my bedroom or the garage. That's why you put add-ons onto houses. (laughs) Very helpful. There was, however, a window in my bedroom from when that wall used to be the external window of the house, and it looked onto the top of the stairs. So I would often see him looking through this window at me. I hate that so much. He never bothered me. Okay, listen, uh, Uh, Jess, I I think he's bothering you. you. He's bothering Mm. you right now. 
But I just kind of accepted he was around and got on with things. Oh, Jesus. Until one evening when I was 18. Oh, God. Far too old to be scared of creepy noises in dark houses. I'm 28, Jess, and I don't think that's true. Am I 28? I'm 27. No, you're 27. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Back it up. Back it up. All right. My parents had gone out for the evening and wouldn't be back until late. The shadow man had been around a lot more than normal. So being the sensible person I was back then, I took my parents' dog and enough food for the whole night into my room where he still never went and decided it was best not to bother him. I thought we had a good understanding. If I didn't bother him, he wouldn't bother me. How wrong I was. No, 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 oh no, no, no. Jess, oh boy. you're telling the story story very well, and I'm extremely terrified. And also, you're you're exhibiting very good, like spirits endorsed behavior. That was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You you know <sighs> the rules of this ghost, and you Stockpile, made him stick to him. I have appreciate. a doggo. All right. Excellent. Well, good unfortunately, the uh, story takes a turn here. So, oh god. Great, great. Love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Eric, you sound so pissed. I love it. <laughs> All right, around midnight. The dog starts to get. I got yelled at one time for telling a story like this at the end of an episode, but now it's like, listen, okay, Eric, this dog October. doesn't die. That's okay, fair. Okay. Around midnight, and also it also ends with a palate cleanser. So, but his spirit lived on as a beautiful stone statue. <laughs> I'm so sad. That's why I thought it was fine. I forgive you. So sad. Back to Jess. Around midnight, the dog starts to get agitated. He keeps looking at the door and won't stop growling. I turn off the film I was watching and wait to see if I can hear anything. Sure enough, there is the unmistakable sound of footsteps down the hallway, through the kitchen, and then the noise of the internal door to the garage being unlocked and slowly opened. Nope, 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 nope. Don't I, interact with locks. I freak out. Yeah. There was no one else in the house, and it can't be my parents' home early. The shadow man, I think we can call him Mr. Davies, Jess, um, had never hmm. entered the garage or my room before. I had assumed he was somehow attached to the original house, and as my room didn't exist before, he couldn't get in. He'd also never really had a physical presence or been able to touch and move objects before. No, 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 no. I don't like this. So much dread happening. A few moments later, the garage door opens again, and I can hear the footsteps going down the hallway towards my stairs. Mm -mm. He started climbing the stairs slowly, seeming to be dragging something heavy. Uh, no, uh, just no. By now I was barricading the door, unsure good. as to whether my safe space was really that safe from him at all. In a panic, I texted our neighbor, who was a policeman, saying I thought someone had broken in. I could tell that whatever was coming up the stairs was near the top, his dark frame creeping into edge of view at the window that looked over the stairs. The air felt electric, and I was sure that something terrible was about to happen to me. Just before it reached my door, the front door to the house burst open and the lights were all turned on. In an instant, the creature slash man slash whatever it was disappeared and I ran down the stairs to greet our neighbor. Oh, thank God the neighbor showed up. I saw the shadow man a few more times after that, but moved out to live with my boyfriend pretty quickly and haven't seen him in the five years since this. My parents also recently sold the house, but it took almost two years to sell what was a beautiful family home. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that the shadow man had something to do with this. Yeah, no shit. My theory is that Mr. Davies, of course, had something to do with this, that there was maybe a death or even a murder at some point. And in the building, the extension, we disturbed something that should have been left alone. (sighs) Either way, I'm glad I never have to go back to that house and really hope the new owners haven't encountered him yet. Okay, I need the palate cleanser right now because I'm going to die otherwise. Don't worry, Julia. This is a cool story from Jess's hometown of Bristol. The Legend of Gorham and Vincent. 
<laughs> Gorham and Vincent were brothers. And while they Vincent's shared... quite a quite an opposite name than <laughs> Gorham, I feel. Uh, Vincent is also sometimes called uh, Geeston, Geiston. Okay. So Gorham and Vincent, for the sake of my American pronunciation, were brothers. And while they shared the same genetics, the two giants were very different. Vincent was wise and smart, while Gorham was much lazier and enjoyed his ale a little more than your average giant. <laughs> the two brothers each fell hopelessly in love with the beautiful Avona and constantly tried to outdo the other in order to win her affections. Avona grew tired of the two competing and agreed she would marry the first of the two to drain a nearby lake. Oh, interesting. Weird why, why task, wanna... Avona, but why? okay. Why? The brothers quickly began digging, racing to see who could get to the sea first. Vincent began to dig a deep, wide channel, while Gorham dug a much smaller one. Gorham's channel quickly overtook Vincent's, but the giant was unfit and soon got tired and thirsty. Happy with his progress, he settled down to drink some ale, laughing at his brother, who seemed to be working far harder and getting nowhere. As Vincent continued to dig, Gorham continued to drink, soon becoming very drunk and falling asleep in the sun. Same. Mm. While Gorham slept, Vincent completed his digging and the lake drained into the Bristol Channel. When Gorham awoke, he was outraged that his brother had beaten him and stamped his foot in anger before submerging himself in the Severn Estuary and choosing to drown rather than see his brother with the beautiful Avona. Okay, bold choice. Uh, all right. Power move. <laughs> the two giants and their story can be seen all around Bristol, with the River Avon running through the gorge that Vincent built and a much smaller gorge at Hazel Brook being that of Gorham. When Gorm stamped his foot, he created the giant's footprint in Henbury. And if you look out into the sea, two islands, Flatholm and Steepholm, are believed to be the head and shoulder of Gorm. That's adorable. There are many different versions of the story, but all the landmarks are beautiful to look at and make Bristol such a pretty city. We also have an annual hot air balloon festival, which is currently happening and makes for some beautiful views. If you're ever in the UK, Bristol has so many legends and stories and is close to the infamous town of Glastonbury, which has so many connections to the spirit world, you could fill a library with all of those stories. I love it. With much love from the other side of the pond, Jess. Thank you. That, that was a very good palate cleanser. I appreciate it. Oh, baby. Very good. It was it was the dragging the body that made me decide like, yeah, this is or dragging whatever mm -hmm. that this is. Uh, this is the one worth telling. But oh, I'm so delightfully creeped out. Whew, yeah, it was a good one. I'm into it. Oh, <sighs> it was nice. It was nice to get something refreshing and not terrifying to 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 wrap this all up. Yeah, you need that chaser sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad that we got to celebrate our fourth Halloween together as a podcast uh, and our our most spookiest uh, hometown urban legends episode ever. Can't wait. Me, me too. People really came through with those spooky stories. I appreciate it. They really did. And as a reminder, when we hit uh, Hometown's episode 30, Triple X, we're going to do a very sexy hometown special. So... If you have any send sexy urban sexy legends, hometowns. send them over. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that <laughs> It's going to be great. At all. Uh, beautiful. Wonderful. Well, uh, listeners, whether you exhibit uh, pro spirits podcast behavior or things that we would yell at you for when facing hauntings, above all, remember, stay creepy. Stay cool. Thank you again to our sponsors at Skillshare.com slash spirits2. You can get two free months of Skillshare premium. At stitchfix.com slash spirits, you will get 25% off when you keep your whole box. And Angel Mage is the newest standalone fantasy novel from Garth Nix, which you can get anywhere books and audiobooks are sold. Spirits 
Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.